1: Hello guys, welcome back to The Treatment Room. I'm your host, Tessa Zali, and I am so excited for every episode, but especially this one because I know you guys know, love, and follow this next guest. I was just telling her I barely slept last night because I am so excited to have her. She is the owner of Glow Skincare LA. She is a licensed esthetician, a product creator, social media influencer, and podcaster in her own right. Welcome to the show, Casey Boone.
0: Thank you so much. I'm sorry that you lost sleep, but I'm excited that we're having this conversation today. It was worth it.
1: We're so happy you're here. Tell us, Casey. okay, I know you've talked about your journey to becoming an esthetician before, but I really want like the full backstory. How did you get into aesthetics? What did you like about it? And how did you get to where you are today?
0: Okay, I'll give you kind of like the Reader's Digest <laughs> version because I feel like it could probably tell my – it'd take like hours to tell like the whole story. Um, but, you know, I think like a lot of us estheticians, like I've been drawn to beauty and like the beauty industry since I was little – I mean, I yeah. remember as little as like maybe three, four years old, like asking my mom to put on lipstick. I actually have really <laughs> embarrassing pictures where I like put way too much <laughs> lipstick on um, and took Christmas pictures. And so, thank you to my mom for like letting me experiment, even though I had lipstick all over my face. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so like, good, it, right? But that's where you know, you know, my passion started. I was a dancer and we had to do a lot of stage makeup, which I loved. And I was good at doing makeup. So I had all the girls would like line up and I would start doing all their makeup and I'd put on the fake eyelashes. And I thought, huh, like this actually could be a really cool career to get into makeup. Um, Cause I decided at a young age that I didn't want to dance like professionally, even though that was something that I thought about. So I thought, okay, well, makeup's the next next best thing. Um, I actually wound up graduating high school a semester early because I didn't like high school, to be completely honest. I just wanted Mm. to get out there in the real world. Mm -hmm. I took a makeup course and started working as a makeup artist freelance in L.A., But LA is super competitive. I mean, let's be honest, like LA is competitive in general with everything and specifically like in the makeup, in the beauty industry, Um, So I thought, well, why don't I go back to school and get my esthetician license? Because I couldn't wrap my brain around the fact that makeup artists didn't need like a license. Like you could basically just go out there and do it. So I thought, well, at least it'll look good on my resume, but I don't really want to do skincare cut to me graduating esthetician school. And I literally never did makeup again. Like now I'd rather like pay someone (laughs) to do my makeup. Like, Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I put on mascara today, but like, that's it. Um, And just fell head over heels in love with like skincare and the process of skincare. Um, I'm a very active person. I can't sit still, hence why I was a dancer. And so I think naturally I gravitated towards being an esthetician because it is a physical job, right? We're getting to touch and massage and like move around and use all these really cool products. So that's kind of like where my journey started as an esthetician. So I was licensed by the time um, I was 19.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So you started pretty young. Yes. And when you first got into the industry, what did that look like for you?
0: I mean, the industry first off was very different, you know, 14, 15 years ago. um, At the time, I had just moved out of my parents' house. I was super broke. I was waitressing at night and I thought, you know, I just need to get my foot in the door somewhere. So I actually wound up taking a job as a receptionist at it's called Total Women Gym and Spa. I think they're still around. And I was the receptionist at the spa. And I was like, well, at least I have my foot in the door. Like I wanted to, I was like willing to start at the bottom and like learn the ropes. They, you know, with the promise that, you know, maybe if an esthetician leaves or they have space available, they'll bump me up to an esthetician you know, once Mm -hmm. I get some like training under my belt, because there's always that thing, right? Like, I don't know if you've experienced this, but you know, and as estheticians, they want us to have experience when they hire us, but how do we get experience unless someone gives us a chance?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. So I worked there and it was like a full like day spa. And I learned everything from, you know, booking, Clients to selling retail to the laundry, which we can get into, to you know, just like turning over the rooms and kind of see how a spa operates. Yeah. And I remember seeing this one esthetician, and she was like, booked at the spa and she was renting a room somewhere else. And she was driving a Range Rover and I'm like 19. I'm like, Oh, like that's my goal. Like that's, I want to be making Mm -hmm. money where I can drive a Range Rover, you know? So from a very young age, I was like, I know that the potential to, you know, make a lot of money and be successful in this industry was attainable. It was just going to take a lot of work.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So it seems like you kind of had that image in your head of like, I gotta hustle to, you know, get to the place where I want to be. Where do you feel like your career is heading now? And what motivates you now? Is it still kind of a similar thing?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, similar but different. Like I got into this industry because I love people and I love making people feel and look better um and i think that still is true but i feel like my audience and my direction has changed so before it was yeah. growing my spa and getting booked solid and getting my other estheticians booked solid but unfortunately due to covid i had to do yeah. a 360 in my business and now my people are estheticians right so now i feel like nice. i'm doing my best to support the est- the aesthetic community. I'm creating products for estheticians. I'm bringing education for estheticians. So it's the same goal, Mm -hmm. right. To help people feel better, to help people grow their own esthetician businesses. Um, but you know, I'm focusing on the esthetician rather than the clients. Um, Mm -hmm. so, but I, but I love, I love it all. You know, um, but after 15 years of working 10, you know, 10 to 12 hour right. days in the treatment room, yes. I just, I, which right, I we it. all, I you know, and I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm, 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 a little tired and <laughs> I want to, <laughs> I want to help estheticians the way that I wish I had been helped in my earlier in my career.
1: Yeah, I think that is so crucial. And I think we all love a pivot. There's nothing wrong with changing your direction a little bit or just like your interests change. Like, you know, you do a certain number of facials and maybe you start to think about doing something else or a way you can expand your business and maybe still do that, but also bring value to another area that's that's needed.
0: For sure. I mean, never in a million years did I expect that my business would be targeted now towards estheticians. You know, it started as me creating some products, then me selling wholesale products to estheticians. And now it's turned into this like whole entire community, which is absolutely amazing. Um, But you know, my heart is still in the treatment room. My heart is still like with skincare and with my few clients that I have. But I feel like the only way to make a bigger change in this industry as a whole is if I start helping other estheticians and we lift up the community altogether.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's kind of how you scale. I'd love yeah. to ask more about, okay, because I have a friend who speaks so highly of you and says, you know, you're just as incredible as everybody sees on social media. <laughs> she says you're very much a straight Aww. shooter and just like actually helps people get to the next level. What, what does like a coaching session for estheticians look like with you?
0: I mean, I'm, so I'm currently actually not accepting new coaching. I've been, when COVID hit, I decided to put a lot of my energy into that. Um, so when I was having, when I was coaching guys, no, (laughs) we can still talk about it. I am mentoring somebody right now. Um, but I'm just doing like one mentee every six months for me. That way I can give all of my energy to that one person because me yeah. talking to all these estheticians wound up, like, I started to feel scattered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I created the Skin in the City podcast and the magazine. So that way we're getting free education to everybody who yeah. wants it or, you know, yeah. a very inexpensive education. But for me, you know, I – Going back to like, I didn't like high school. I didn't like school because I don't learn traditionally. So when I was bringing on estheticians for coaching, I'm not going to teach maybe traditional. I want Mm. you to come with to me with questions and ideas, Um, and it's kind of more like a partnership. Like we're brainstorming together. So that's where Mm. I was running into some issues is because lots of times estheticians were coming to me and they didn't have any direction and I want someone to have some kind of direction and purpose before Mm -hmm. they come Mm -hmm. to me so I can kind of help point them in the right direction, right? I always have the mentality like take what you want, leave what you don't and also like don't take anything personally because I'm not saying something because you did something wrong Mm -hmm. or to offend Mm -hmm. you. It's just me thinking through the process.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that – makes total sense and you, you have to be honest and if it's going to help somebody later on you're saving them a lot of time and money so
0: I yes good you're honest yes cuz let's be honest like after being in the industry for 15 years I've made probably every mistake in the book and some so if oh, I yeah? can do, yeah if I can do anything to you know help you even make one less mistake then I feel like yeah. I've done my job
1: yeah. It's coming from a place of like love and I've been there. And that was actually a question I had for you. Are there any, like any, is there a mistake that stands out to you that you think there's a lesson for
0: I'm trying. <laughs> So, So many. I'm like, where do I, I even start? Here's the thing. Every single quote unquote mistake that I've made, I've learned from and I've still benefited from. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, of course, there's so many things like, you know, I don't know if you've listened to my podcast, but I was talking yes. recently about like cleaning out your steamer because. Uh, mm-hmm. Back in the day, I had an esthetician working for me, and she wasn't cleaning her steamer, and she wasn't putting distilled water in, and the steamer caught on fire, oh. and thank God mm-hmm. the spa didn't burn down, but those are just like – there's so many mm-hmm. nuggets like right. that. you know, It's yes. like something so simple that sometimes (laughs) we're lazy about, right? Like, oh, I just don't feel like cleaning my steamer because I've already banged out eight facials today and I just want to go home. But tomorrow, if your steamer blows up and burns down your spa, then you don't have a business. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) things (laughs) things like that. I would say another mistake but not mistake that I made is – when I first started Glow Skin Care, on had just come on the scene. And uh-huh. I thought, well, this is like a perfect way to get people in the door and for to me-, me to make some money. Um, and at that time, you know, 10 mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. it was – insane. Like I made $20,000 in a day and I am grateful for that (laughs) $20,000 back then. But then I was killing myself for, I don't know, months, maybe years. Right. And Uh, it was miserable. And the type of clientele that I was bringing in was not the ideal clientele. Right. So, you know, I tell people now, like, don't, don't do that. Don't do a Groupon. Don't do anything like Groupon because Especially now you're you're not gonna make twenty thousand dollars like I did 10 years ago. Um, and you're not attracting the type of clientele, your ideal clientele through Groupon.
1: No, no, you're you're telling people to come to you for a discount or for money right. off. And that's you're not you're not attracting people because of your value.
0: Correct. Exactly.
1: How would you say you probably do this naturally. I don't know if you can think of a way to explain it, but for maybe yeah. for somebody who is in that position, like they've just opened a new spa and you know they haven't been promoting their business that long, what would be a way people can go about attracting their ideal clientele?
0: Well, I mean, here's the cool thing. Again, when I started, there wasn't social media. So I had to do literally the footwork, right? Like I was walking around, passing out my cards, talking to everyone. And I do highly suggest to still do that because having that skill in your back pocket is everything. Um, I would, I would recommend a few things. Okay. So first off, make sure that if you're going to go out on your own, whether you're a solo esthetician or you're ready to open up like a big spa of your own, that you have money in the bank, that you have savings for at least three to six months. So if something goes wrong, hello, COVID, that you are mm-hmm. prepared. I mean, of course, we none of us were prepared to be, you know, now we're going right. on a year in COVID, but I would say, again, another mistake I made is, you know, I was living on the edge for a very long time when I opened up Glow Skincare, I really didn't Mm -hmm. have a lot of savings and that may have kind of led me to where it's like, well, I got to do the group on because I have to get this money or like Mm -hmm. my bills aren't getting paid. Um, So you never want to work out of like desperation of money, right? So make sure that you have some money in the bank and that you have a game plan before you go out as a solo esthetician or to open your own business and that you know Mm -hmm. you're going to have some kind of revenue, some kind of money stream coming in to at least support you bare minimum, right? Like pay your rent, (laughs) pay your utilities and make sure you can put food on the table Um, Mm because I think there's so many of us, that, think like, well, I'm just going to go solo because all these other spas, they're not paying me enough, but what you don't. Remember, or what you don't know when you go solo is that you're responsible for everything, and there's things that are going to come up that you will never think of until it happens. I mean, I have crazy stories of like having to lock people out back in the day and take the phone <laughs> off the hook because sometimes people are crazy. Um, oh man, and I think that's partially because I started so young and I didn't have the boundaries like I have set now which leads me to yes. you know number 2 or 3 so have a savings yeah. account have a plan and have very specific boundaries of the type of people that you want coming into your space because it is a sacred mm-hmm. space um and mm-hmm. I think having <laughs> if you're just going to go well here's a $50 facial and whoever wants to come in can come mm-hmm. in you're going to run into trouble a question somebody
1: asked on social media was how do you handle that kind of negative client like negative energy something that just kind of like disrupts your flow and your space and your day I'm sure you've
0: had experience. I've had it all. I've had it all. I've had it all. I mean, I've literally had people where I've like kicked them off my table. I've had people like I've had to like break up with people and ask them not to come back to the spa. I mean, again, this is years ago. It hasn't happened in a long time because I feel like my energy has changed and I created very specific boundaries. And once I did, I never got another crazy person in my spa again, which is absolutely amazing. And we can dive into that. But um you know I, i'm kind of like no bullshit so <laughs> if yeah. i don't like what's going on in my treatment room with my client i i don't put up with it that doesn't mean be rude to the client but i'm pro- i'm not going to invite them back to rebook i'm not going to you know i'm not going to really give them that opportunity i mean usually i'll give a client one or two maybe three chances if they're if they're crazy but I also (laughs) you know you give them a couple chances right you let them know hey you need to show up in time and this is what I expect of you and Uh um if that doesn't work then it's just super black and white for me they're not they're not invited back to glow skincare like end of story and I know as estheticians we have this like esthetician guilt, right? There's the guilt of oh my like, God, yeah. t- right. Of like taking care of that person. Yeah. There's the guilt of like, well, shoot, am I like turning money away? And that's stupid. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like make sure you're getting paid what you're worth, that your clients know you're worth. And the more that you have that, I Promise you, you're not going to get those crazies anymore. I mean, of course, once in a while, someone might stroll in, but now, I mean, for me, I can tell as soon as I pick up the phone or answer an email if I want them in my studio or not.
1: Mm. I think that's so interesting. You said as soon as your energy kind of aligned, yeah. that you had so many less conflicts
0: so many less conflicts and it took me a long time. Cause like I said, I started in this industry when I was 18 yeah. licensed by yeah. 19 by think- 23 baby. By the time I'm 23, I own my own business, which was so amazing, but it really was me aligning my own energy and taking care of myself first and knowing my worth that changed my entire business.
1: Can I ask how you kind of got there? Because I feel like you have a confidence that really shines through in your business and your industry. And as me, uh, as somebody who I think I'm always like, I mean, we're all working on our confidence, but yeah, it doesn't come as easy for me. And so I'm always kind of in awe of people like you who are just seem so strong and have that sort of, to me, it seems like innate confidence. But would you say that was always the case?
0: I mean, well first off, thank you. And second off, I I've always been a confident person for the most part. That doesn't mean I don't struggle and have insecurities yeah. and beat myself up behind yeah. the scenes, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: I always have to credit my parents. I really do. I mean, I was Aww. the first born, so I think maybe I have like a little bit extra confidence being like the firstborn and getting all the attention for the first few years before my sister, <laughs> Haley, <laughs> shout out to Haley, who's also my operations uh, yeah. manager and my right-hand woman, you know, before she came along, but really my parents just telling me, believing in me, you know, letting me know that I was Mm -hmm. beautiful and smart and that I'm capable of doing anything no matter what and encourage me to kind of follow my path. So I really have to credit my parents. Um, And I think the other part of it is like, Part of it is just me. This is just who yeah. I am. I'm, I'm kind of loud. I'm kind of out there. Um, I'm I'm a little different. I'm definitely experimental. And I think when I really started to come into my own um, was when I moved into my third Glow Skincare location. Um, which was about five years ago or four years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. And I got engaged to my now husband, Brandon. And I just, you know, there's that there's that age right between like 25 and 30, where I still feel like Mm -hmm. you really start to kind of like grow up and you're not like a kid Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, and I think just the more that I pulled the trigger on things like moving my business and building my clientele and like selling more retail that just kept Mm -hmm. boosting my confidence. So every time like you pull that trigger, it gets a little bit Easier. So, my suggestion mm-hmm. for anyone who is feeling like, you know, they're struggling with mm-hmm. confidence. Number one, get off social media. Like, stop scrolling mm-hmm. because I feel like that's mm-hmm. all killing us inside. Um, <laughs> and I, I feel a little personally attacked, Casey. <sighs> I'm just I mean, I am t- talking uh, from a personal right. We get addicted. And like, look, social media has changed my life and my business and I am so grateful for it as so many of us are. But there's a point where it's like, well, how many hours have I spent scrolling, comparing myself to every other esthetician in the world? And it's just not good. So I would say, you know, slow your roll on the scrolling because I have done that personally and has really helped my mental health. And I'd say number Mm -hmm. two, if there's something that you want to do, do it and stop waiting. I know it sounds so cliche and everyone says it, but again, once you start pulling that trigger of doing every time you do it, it gets easier, right? It's like, I didn't start opening my own huge spa and I didn't start, you know, with creating all these different products, but every like little win that I got helped me build my confidence to where I am now.
1: I think that is so cool. And I I can't imagine, I mean, it was probably pretty nerve-wracking to just like open your first space, but that allowed you to just keep taking those risks and kind of trusting that the universe would catch you and allow you to succeed in whatever you decided next.
0: Exactly. You nailed it a hundred percent. And believe me, when I opened my First day which was I'm at today's actually the 10-year anniversary of me starting glow skincare so it's fun to talk thank you so it's really exciting to talk about all this and kind of reminisce and think about everything but I remember wanting to literally cry and like throw up of nerves and excitement and like can I do this you know but Uh then once I did I said oh okay, I can do this. And like, I'm never going Uh back to working for someone ever again. And that just kind of, like I said, it builds that confidence. So then you can make, you know, a bigger decision next time and build your confidence even more. I mean, that doesn't mean every single step that I take is like in the right direction. I still make plenty of mistakes like we are talking about, but just keep, just keep going.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I love what you said about there's really no mistakes or like no accidents, like things happen and you might think I could have done that better or I have guilt over that. And, you know, it's whatever, but you learn something from it and it always makes you better.
0: It really does. I mean, I feel like without my mistakes, I wouldn't be where I am today.
1: No, you you really wouldn't. Yeah. I wanted to ask, was there, okay, so there was obviously some I don't, I couldn't pinpoint it, but there had to be like a, a turning point for you when your social media start, started to pick up more and your business started to take off more. I know right now, like you aren't taking new clients. You're doing so well for yourself. Can you kind of pinpoint like when that happened and, and kind of yeah. what like went into that?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know exactly what happened because it was a very um it was a choice, you know. I so like I said, it's like I moved into my third location of glow skincare and the day before that I had gotten engaged to Brandon, which was amazing. It was like this new kind of fresh start. It's like I'm getting married. Aww, I have this yeah. new spa. I had I had actually downsides because I was in a spa um, where I had 13 renters at the top of my game, which is a lot of people to manage, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> okay. I had to yeah. downsize and then I had two renters and I had two employees. Because my business was kind of moving in a different direction. And I kind of want I wanted more control in my business. So Brandon mm. and I get married. We go on this amazing honeymoon in Australia, which was like a dream come true for me to go there. Oh, and, I love Australia. Ugh, it's the best. And um so I'm sharing our honeymoon on Instagram, and mm-hmm. everyone's telling me they're looking forward to my videos and my pictures, and I have this like aha moment. I'm like, wait, you know, me sharing my personal life is great, but like mm-hmm. it's not it's not getting me anything besides, you know, maybe some DMs that they're excited that I pet a kangaroo, which is <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. But I was like, what if I put this energy into my business and see what happens? So Mm -hmm. I literally get back from Australia from our honeymoon and I just happened to get an email from a photographer um, offering like a special to like, you know, revamp uh, my pictures. So I hire this photographer. I take a few pictures and I go, you know what? I don't know what the hell I'm doing on Instagram, but I'm just going to start posting and I'm just going to start sharing and see what happens. And I was super consistent posting every single day, putting my face out there And that's when things just started to take off. My books were slammed. My other esthetician's books were slammed. I was lucky enough that I had invited some pretty popular influencers into the studio. And that just like took my business to the next level to the point where like I really couldn't accept new clients. And my other esthetician was like pretty much book solid where to the point where like then we're starting to raise the prices because we could. Wow.
1: Okay. So, I mean, it kind of seems like these things just happened, but just thinking about kind of the strategies behind that, you had really high quality photos and you had uh, people with influence like sharing your content.
0: Yes, exactly. So everything thinking back, everything that I've really done with the business has been very intentional, including the Instagram. It wasn't like I woke up, I'm like, Oh, like, where did I get all these followers? I knew exactly what I was doing. Like you said, I had the high quality pictures. And I, you know, at Uh that point, I think I was in the industry for 10 years. And I just started sharing my knowledge. And the other thing that I did is looking back at that time, I was looking at a lot of other estheticians pages and they felt very like clean and like clinical, which is great. You know, there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I wanted to bring a little spice, a little personality to the industry. So I started bringing in color and like fun pictures and really uh, able to express myself through these pictures and videos on Instagram. And that's kind of what took off. Mm -hmm. Um, And then slowly somehow I started getting this larger following of estheticians because they wanted to know how I was building the business and, you know, everything that I was using, they kind of wanted to know everything. So I I just started to share.
1: Yeah. And I think that's another thing about you. Like you are so open and it, You feel like that person you go to to like, yeah, know what kind of equipment to use and what's the best products and tools. And I feel like you kind of opened up that curtain where things were like a little bit more clinical before, like everyone kind of held on to their secrets, and it seemed like you know, it was more just of that like trade secret kind of industry. And I think you really did open that door for people to have conversations and just you sharing what you love and what you've seen working.
0: I mean, I hope so. I mean, that is really my goal because I'm, you know, for the most part, I'm an open book, right? If, If you know me, if you've been following me, I'm going to tell you everything that I'm using. I'm going to tell you if I like it, if I don't like it, if I think it's worth it. I'm not just going to do something for the money. I don't think about the money. The money is like a nice thing to get at the end. (laughs) But I'm really here to to help and encourage because like I said, I wish someone had done that for me because I had to figure it all out on my own.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's definitely true. And I know you inspire so many people. When it comes to things you're focusing on now, especially your product, would you like to tell us a little bit about what went into your towels and, and why you created them?
0: Yeah. I mean, so, you know, after growing my Instagram for a while and everything was going in the back of my mind, I always wanted to create or sell my own products, but nothing was like ever, it never seemed to be the right thing. You know, it's like, okay, I can make a t-shirt or a candle (laughs) or like all these things, but nothing was like speaking to me. Um, and yeah. the first product that I wound up launching was my Glow Skin Care Cold Rollers. Now, obviously, I did not invent <laughs> cold rollers, but I happened to kind of jump on the train, the cold roller train. To me, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I put them out there on the market a little bit more, yeah. you know, like I made it – known that this was an easy tool to use in the treatment room and for your clients to use at home. So what started as me selling these cold rollers to my clients quickly turned into an entire retail and wholesale business to estheticians. Um, but. So first comes the cold roller, then of course I had to relaunch the mini cold roller because hello, like anything mini is just better and cute, right? (laughs) So true. (laughs) And it fits underneath the eye perfectly. Exactly. Because I was having people tell me they wanted something to work around the eye. So hello, mini cold rollers. That's another thing. Like I always Uh talk and listen to my audience, to my followers, to my listeners. It's like, you guys are my people, so tell me what you want. Um, And... So the cold rollers are doing great and then, you know, I'm like how else can I help estheticians all over the United States, all over the world? Like how can I get into like everybody's treatment room and have like a little bit of mm-hmm. Casey and Glow skincare to help every esthetician and that's where the towels came. Um, as you know, as an esthetician, we use – tons of towels and I remember so many times like running out of towels or like you know you're shoving them into your towel cabinet and then you have a new client that's a walk-in and you need more towels and it's like I was using two to three towels just to remove product on the face neck and decollete and I just wanted something where I could you know, move a little bit faster because I'm always about like efficiency and moving quickly and something that was going to save me some time and some money, like as far as laundry. Um, Uh and that's where the towels came in. And the other thing is like, I was buying hand towels, like, I don't know, Target, Costco, Amazon, all over the place. And they, you know, I'm putting these on my clients, but they weren't soft. I'm like, if we're putting this on the face, it needs to be like soft, right? Like super, super soft. So that's where the glow towels came in. Um, it's one easy to use towel that covers the face, neck and decollete that's made with literally the softest microfiber you will ever feel. It's got a slit halfway through the towel. So it easily covers or, you know, goes around the mouth and the nose so the client can still breathe. Um, and then we also have have these on subscription. So if you're a busy esthetician, then you know that your towels are staining, they're ripping, they're falling through the cracks. I remember so many times calling Haley, like, you got to go to Costco right now because I don't have enough towels to make it through the day. So we have them on subscription. So you're always getting fresh towels every single month and you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think about it. And you're happy, your clients are happy
1: they really are so incredibly soft like they're to me it's like if butter and velvet had a baby like that oh my god yeah they I are yes. <laughs> but really it's like there was nothing like meant meant for the f- face really in in our capacity giving facials and if you think about how many times you're using like a potentially abrasive towel on somebody's face throughout the facial and it's like we've already done peels, we've already done like all this high exfoliation yeah. to add something like extra rough in there it just I don't know. I feel like that's where your towels come in so clutch and they just lay so nicely on the client. And I think they just elevate the whole experience. Like if you, to me, investing in those things that are, you know, more like affordable, but small, realistic things to have in your treatment room that make for a nicer experience and just make you more confident using it, it's so worth it.
0: It is. I agree. I mean, I'm all about elevating the entire experience, you know, from when the client walks through the door to, to when they leave. You know your treatment room, like everything, should be elevated, and it also doesn't have to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know what I mean? No. Like, oh li- yeah, <laughs> light Especially a candle. Especially if you're
1: new, yeah. Right,
0: light a candle, set the tone, and use some high quality products, and make sure that you're using, you know, nice bedding and nice sheets because those mm-hmm. are those little things that your client is going to remember. They're going to remember the hot towel massage, and they're going to remember that it. Feels really amazing and it feels soft. You know, there's just all those things. And like you said, we're already Mm -hmm. doing so many abrasive things to the skin. Once you start wiping with one of those hard towels, you can get into trouble.
1: Yeah, 100%. So I feel like you saw a need. And I mean, it's like, how could that not exist? But (laughs) I'm so happy it does.
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, it was just, it was almost like too simple. But I was like, you know what? I, I got to give this a try.
1: Yeah, 100%. What was the process like for you? And actually, like, can you walk us through, like, somebody wants to create a product. Like, what do you yeah. even do? You have this idea. Like, I want to create a towel that fits somebody's face in a yeah. facial. Where right. do you go from there?
0: I mean, so I had been using these towels in my own treatment room for a while, So cutting, using, experimenting, different fabrics. Um, And when I finally, you know, decided, the first thing I had to decide was like, okay, I need to find a manufacturer. I need to know like what kind of fabric is going to be best. I need to get (laughs) measurements to see what's going to fit the face perfectly. I mean, we were doing crazy stuff like, you know, seeing how fast they heated up, how much, you know, heat they retain. Um, so if someone is thinking about creating a product, I always recommend just make a list of every single thing that you can think of, um, that you Mm. might need, you know, from the name of the product to how you want it to look to how the packaging is going to look to how you're going to distribute this to people. You know, there's so many factors, Um, And for me, you know, Google is my friend. I just started Googling, where can I find a manufacturer who will make these weird looking towels?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I feel like for anything, anything custom like that, there's always, you know, way more legwork involved and it's just more difficult to find somebody who can do something custom like that.
0: Yes. So that's why I recommend like if you are doing something custom like that to come with as much information as you can. So when you find the right manufacturer, you're like ready to go. Which so for me, I was I was ready to go. I just gave them all the measurements, exactly what I wanted, and uh I was able to get it out fairly quickly.
1: Okay, okay. And then so they tell you like we have your towel, it's perfect. How do you know like how much how many towels to order? what do you do from there? How do you market it?
0: Okay. So I'll take, I'll take you back (laughs) because the glow towels were my like third main product in the glow skincare product line. I started, like I said, with the cold rollers and that's really where all the learning came in, like all the trial and error. So from, I remember, you know, I With the cold rollers, I was like, okay, I'm just going to try this, but I'm just going to order 50 cold rollers. But Uh I didn't really think about packaging. I didn't think about branding. I just ordered these cold rollers that came in these hideous boxes (laughs) and didn't have my logo on them. So I put a sticker on, but then Uh I put the sticker on. I'm like, this is embarrassing. This looks like (laughs) janky, right? So then I go, okay, how many cold rollers do I need to buy from the manufacturer that will allow me to put my logo on. So I think at the time it was like three, I had to order 300, which for me, that sounded like a lot of cold rollers to sell and a lot of money, but Mm -hmm. I sold the 50 pretty quickly. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna take this next risk and ordered the 300. Um, So I ordered the 300. I wind up having them put the logo on the cold roller and on the box. Um, And we start shipping them out. But that's when I start to learn all the little things that you don't know until you get in it, right? So like shipping – The cold rollers in these boxes and the boxes are getting bent and they're in this, they're wrapped in plastic, Mm -hmm. which isn't really protecting the cold roller. So I go back to the manufacturer and I go, okay, the next ones, can we do a thicker box and can you wrap them in bubble wrap? So again, like I said, these are all things that you don't know until you pull that trigger. And I was just never it never stopped me from continuing to buy more cold rollers. I just tried to continue to improve the quality of the cold roller and the packaging, um, as we went along. So I went from buying 50 cold rollers, with no logo, to buying 300 with a logo, to ordering 1,000, you know, with a little bit more mm-hmm. dialed-in packaging and branding. And then from there, okay. they just kept selling. So I kept ordering yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that must have been so, a good feeling, though. It, it was. It was. I mean, you know, when you start with the ordering 50 and then you're ordering one to 2,000 at a time, it felt really, really good. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of gave me an idea and a baseline of potentially how many towels I really needed. Okay. So, but would you it, say,
1: it's,
0: it's, oh, go it's ahead. It's a guessing game. It's a, but it's a guessing yeah.
1: game. Yeah. Right. It's like maybe you could have sold 500 that first time. I don't know. Right who knows but would you say you you just kind of started small and then when you so you set small goals and when you reached those you allowed that to invest more money back into the product and just order more
0: correct So at the time, I mean, I, and I still barely think about it. Like I don't think about it like at this point as profit, I'm just thinking like I need to make enough money to order another, you know, eight to 10,000 towels or, you know, however many I need to do. And I mean, at this point, Haley and I have the math down pretty well, but you never know. Mm. I mean, some days Mm -hmm. or weeks, nothing sells. And then the next day the towels are popping off and everyone's buying them, um, so for me, once, you know, we've sold through maybe half of our inventory, we're reevaluating, and then we're already placing mm-hmm. our next order so we don't run out of, you know, product.
1: Okay. It seems like that is kind of just the nature of aesthetics. Like some days you're booked and busy. Some days things are a little bit slower, but it just yes. kind of comes in waves. So I think that's it, a good lesson yes. for people to not let that like shake them, you know?
0: For sure, because I think about when I was a practicing busy, busy esthetician, you know, I remember it's like, okay, the holidays were going to be popping off, right? November, December, Mm -hmm, I'm going to be slammed. I'm going to make a ton of money and be working late and coming in early. And then January hits and it's like crickets, right? So it's like we (laughs) know those are kind of like industry standards. So right it happens, it's normal to have those ebbs and flows in any business. So the only complicated thing is when you're an esthetician you kind of figure that out in the treatment room and if you decide to you know sell retail or to go even further and sell your own products you're going to have to learn the ebbs and flows of that as well if you're selling just directly to your clients it's kind of going to be the same as you are in the treatment room but for me now that I am selling you know 95% of our sales are directly to estheticians that's my community mm-hmm. those are my people um, my ebbs and flows are totally different now.
1: Would you recommend like that business model if somebody wants to create a product?
0: You, here's what I'm going to recommend. If you want to go down this road – Just know that's an it's an entirely separate business. And if you're super passionate about it, if there's something you really want to share with the world, then I say Mm -hmm. go for it. Like do your thing. But if you're just doing it, you know, to make a few extra bucks or maybe a side hustle. Just beware that, like I said, it's a whole other job. It's a whole other Mm -hmm. like side of your brain. And I see a lot of estheticians spreading themselves way too thin already. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. just know that when you get into that, that it's a whole other thing. That's why lots of times I recommend like, you know, doing like a private label Type thing Mm -hmm. or carrying Mm -hmm. someone else's products first and make sure you're really, really good at selling somebody else's retail before you're ready to dive headfirst into creating your own products because it's an entirely different beast. You know, I went from working five days full time in the treatment room to now my life doesn't look like that anymore. I'm lucky if I'm touching two to three clients a week because mm-hmm. I'm on my mm-hmm. computer wheeling and mm-hmm. dealing everything <laughs> behind the scenes, which for me, I I love it. I love yeah. it so yeah. much, but you have to love that part of the business. And I think yes. you need to really think, first off, do I have something where, you know, people need it? And am I passionate about, about, selling that to other people? And am I good at it?
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm working on a private label myself right now. And it really, everything you're saying, Casey, is so true. (laughs) It's a whole nother job. And you have to think about the logistics of like shipping things out, the creative process, just all all that goes into it. And it's so much more than you can ever really prepare for. But it's something like, I really, it's kind of just like a love of the game. Like I do it. And same with social media. Like I do it because it just, it's, I don't know, like it just feels good and it's fun for me. And what I do wouldn't have the same value if I couldn't share it or like bring something else to other people. But I think it really, it can't come from like a money or a profit place first. It has to come from that place of passion and love.
0: I agree a hundred percent, right? If you're just in it to make a quick buck, you're not going to make a quick buck first off. So, (laughs) you know, just focus on what you love and what you're good at. And I think also like it's okay if that changes, you know, if you're super passionate about being in the treatment room right now, then do that. And if you go, oh, one day I want to do private label or I want to create my own products, then you know, you'll get to that or maybe you won't. So it's kind of like, you know, follow your path and really, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure you know what you're getting into it before you get into it.
1: Yes. I love that. And there is no shame. And I try to reiterate this because I think we can get so caught up and like, we see things on social media, even for me, like, I'm not in the treatment room anymore. Like my, my business is going well, but I will do what you said not to do. I'll be scrolling on Instagram and I'll just be seeing everyone in the treatment room. And then I'll feel like, oh, I'm not, I'm not like as validated as them because I'm comparing myself and I switched gears a little bit. But we have to take the shame and any stigma out of that and just allow everybody to evolve and explore what's interesting.
0: I agree so much like I agree so much and I also feel yeah. the same way where I'd be scrolling even me and I'm like yeah. oh my god all the girls are in the treatment room and I'm not doing that and it's like I feel like for a minute I did lose like a sense of like part of my identity especially after covid yeah. um yeah. you know it's like well, what's my value if I'm not you know in the treatment room 10 hours a day but you know, my my path and sounds like yours too, is just taking you on a different journey, which is so cool about this industry. But you know, if you want to be like us, I say, go for it. And if you want to be the best esthetician in the treatment room, then I say, go for it and stop comparing to what I'm doing or what anyone else is doing. You know, I think there's this whole mm. thing right now that's like, you have to be doing everything. Like you have to be the mm-hmm. busy esthetician, mm-hmm. the treatment room and creating the products. And you have to be a trainer and a business coach. And like, I'm going right. to tell you right now that you don't. And I actually am going to encourage you to stop and like, just pick one mm. thing at a time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, <laughs> and that doesn't take away from yeah. your value. It actually makes you more valuable.
1: One hundred percent. I'm so glad you said that, Casey. I feel like we all needed to hear it. And back to what you said about like, what value am I bringing people if I'm not in the treatment room? You're bringing plenty of value and it's even (laughs) on a bigger scale because, you know, you can reach more people now and it's just going to be different for everybody. And yeah, if you want to be in the treatment room and, and give the best facials ever, do that. There's there just there doesn't need to be comparison. And when we are comparing because it is natural. But when you when you see somebody doing something else, it's like it's a win for all of us. Like Casey creating her towels. It doesn't mean like you're not doing enough. It just means that's such a cool opportunity that all her hard work and social media and marketing has um, allowed her to benefit from. And it means you can do it, too.
0: It does. It, it means we can all do it, you know? So I hope that like, you know, instead of looking at me, you go, oh my gosh, I have to be like Casey and I have to do all these things. It's like, no, I want you yeah. to be like yourself. And I want you to think yes. of your own really cool, creative ideas. And if you think of a better towel than me, then like, hell yeah. Or like maybe call <laughs> me <laughs> or think of like your own, you know, there's so much white space in this industry and this industry is growing so much. I mean, it is a completely different industry than when I started 15 years ago. So just know Mm -hmm. that there's so much room to grow and there's room to grow in really any direction. And, you know, like I always say, have, if you're not having fun, at least most of the time, then find Mm -hmm. something that does fill up your heart and fill up your soul and have fun.
1: I love that so much. Casey, before I take up too much of your time, One last question I have for you is, I mean, you shared so many, but what would be one tip you could share in regards to having success in aesthetics?
0: Mm, One tip to have success, Mm, you know, success is you can't measure it, right? So we all have our own version of success. I think some of us it's having the booked, you know, book solid uh clientele and some of us it's maybe buying a house and some of us it's traveling the world right we all have Mm -hmm. our own versions of success and i would also Mm -hmm. say our versions of success change as we learn and evolve and grow um Mm -hmm. so again it sounds really simple and i say this a lot but i always tell people to write a list. Like write down what your version of success is right now and what you want it to look like. You know, for me for the longest time, it's like I wanted the hustling, bustling spa and I wanted to be booked and I want my estheticians Mm -hmm. to be booked and I got it and it was amazing. And then I decided, okay, I want to reevaluate like what's next. Um, And so for me, success was helping as many estheticians as I can. And so if you can just write like one sentence of like what you want, like what your Mm -hmm. version of success is, you know, so if it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to help as many people with their acne as possible. And then you work backwards to get to that success.
1: Mm -hmm. No, I think that's, that's so great. And even if we if we start out with that why, it's good to do it, I think, periodically and just be reminded because we get so caught up and busy. Sometimes we kind of lose sight of that. So thank you, Casey.
0: You're so welcome. Yeah. It's like, l- let it change and evolve. Let yeah. the success and your idea of success change and evolve and keep going with it. That's the fun thing about life, right? There's never like yeah. an end cap. Like, okay, I hit I got the <laughs> gold star of success. <laughs> like right. I'm done. Right. right. No. Like you can keep going. Or you can also, if you're, yeah. right, if you're booked three days a week in the treatment room and you're happy and you're making enough money and you can go home to your kids at the end of the day and hang out with them, mm-hmm. and that's your success, mm-hmm. like do that. You know, you don't have to be crazy like me. And like, I don't even think I want to be crazy <laughs> like me the rest of my life. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, i want to slow down too and I have to have kids too. And so it's like things are just going to continue to change and evolve.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's like at one point in in your life, sometimes your success and your happiness does mean being super busy and doing all those things. And I'll even look at younger estheticians and they're very much like, I work nonstop. I'm there for my clients 24-7. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like, I'm so happy for you because that makes you happy. For me, I've been like that. And now I'm happy having a little bit more free time and investing in my mental health and wellness and things like that so if your goals change and your success changes your goals change that's okay too
0: it's totally okay and that doesn't mean you're less successful than anyone else i think if you're happy in your personal and your professional life then you're successful
1: Amen. Thank you so much, <laughs> Casey, for coming on. Thank you. I so appreciated it. Where can we find you? Connect with you. Buy your towels. All the things.
0: Okay, so you can follow me on Instagram at Glow Skincare LA. You can also follow uh, my magazine and podcast, which is at Skin Dot and the Dot City. Uh, you can find my website, Glow Skincare LA which has my towels, my cold rollers, education, blogs, the list goes on. Um, and then you can also listen to my podcast, which is Skin and the City. And we are launching our spring issue of the Skin and the City magazine in April. So lots of fun things and lots of places you can find me. Oh,
1: amazing. I'll put that in the show notes so everybody can find it. Thank you times a million, Casey, for coming on. I'm Thanks so grateful. Thanks for having me.
0: So fun. Yay!
1: And thank you guys for listening. Talk to you in the next episode.